Wakey, wakey. If I'm awake, everyone should be awake. Oh, my God. I just hit the coffee on the doorknob. Got a little spillage this morning. I remember growing up that Charlie Daniels uh, song. I think it goes something like, I'll tell you once, you son of a bitch. I'm the best it's ever been. And they had a different version that said, I'll tell you once, you son of a gun. And you could hear the edit. Because I guess bitch was a no-no on the radio airwaves. Oh my, that was just too naughty for everybody. And then rock radio is like, fuck this, we're playing the real song. And then you would hear it on the radio like, uh, you son of a bitch. And you're like, oh my. I feel like I'm getting away with something by hearing this on the radio in my car right now. This is unbelievable. Did I get my stimulus check? My stimuli? I don't know. Where do you, where do you check for your stimuli? I got bank accounts all over the place. I got, a, I got a Swiss bank account. I got something in the Cayman Islands because I uh, read the firm once. I got a corporate account. I got a little uh, savings and loan account. Which account do I check? By the way, relax. The kid doesn't have a lot of money in all those accounts. Are you eating a bottle cat? Oh, Christ, this fucking dog. I can't leave him alone for a second. He's literally eating a bottle cap right now. Yo, knock it off. Yeah, I don't know if I got my stimuli check yet. I'm telling you right now, if I get a stimuli check, if it's for the, if it's for the two Gs, I'm keeping it. But if it's for the 600, I'm going to throw it right back into the uh, the fund, meaning the, uh, the live stream fund, meaning I'm picking one of you guys and I'm giving you my stimuli. <laughs> Rachel goes, I just want to be stimulated. <laughs> I was watching, uh, what is that dumb show? Is it Marathon? Is it Storage Wars? Yeah, Storage Wars. And they found one of those, uh, one of those uh, sex sleeves, uh, the fleshlight in one of the storage units. They opened this damn thing up. I'm trying to remember whose bid it was. Uh, oh, it's Bill Hicks. Yeah, man. If you know you're going to die soon, you got to clear out your own house. Yo, did you swallow that thing? I think he swallowed a bottle cap. Is that all right? Where are my dog owners at? But Bill Hicks has his bit where he basically says, you know, you die and then, oh, wait a minute. I got you. You don't eat this. They're not going to like you in Madison Square Garden if you're eating bottle caps. Yeah, best in show reference. Okay, so, um, and then your parents go through your uh, your house or your apartment and they find all your naughty, naughty stuff. Naughty, naughty! And how embarrassing it would be. But I guess if you're dead, you're no longer embarrassed. So let them be embarrassed after you're gone. So I actually take the Bill Hicks bit and I spin that shit. And I think you pack your house with all sorts of stuff. To make them uh, question everything about your life <laughs> after you're gone. <laughs> Why clear out your house? would go the other way. Really fire it up. Just boxes and boxes of the most horrific porn you could think of. 
and sex toys that would never fit. <laughs> That's what I would do. As <laughs> they're mourning your loss, they're like, what the fuck was he into? Uh, Doggy's name is not Cap. No, no, no. What are you eating now, yo? Yay! Oh, now you're depressed? Now he's depressed because I took... God forbid I take a bottle cap away from him. Now he's depressed. Chad says, before he dies, all he needs to do is clear his web browser. It is a bit uncomfortable, LOL. <laughs> I would love to know because I live above the Hudson River in New York City. You guys are cracking me up with these comments today. I'm a little distracted, sorry. Um, how many people, just to be on the safe side, has have thrown their hard drive in the Hudson River? <laughs> just to be on the safe side. You got all these piers that jet all the way out. And I think that's the city going, we understand, we know. We know you might want to throw a thing or two in the Hudson River. We know. So we made it very easy for you. So there's your hard drive at the bottom of the Hudson River right next to a, a gangster in cement shoes. And it's all safe. The devil went down to Georgia. He was looking for a soul to steal. He was in a bind. He was way behind. Uh, yeah, Dre's got an aneurysm, man. The fuck is that about, man? Man, your body just wants to fucking kill you. It spends... Your body spends the whole day trying to kill you, and then the other part of your body spends the whole day keeping you alive. That seems exhausting. Sarah, what's up? Is there something happening besides the Bills in the playoffs? <laughs> Oh my God, I would love to go to Buffalo. I absolutely would love to go to Buffalo and uh, go to the game. How many people are they letting in the stadium? They're letting people in for the playoff game, right? Not a lot though. I'm just a Bills fan this year. I've been known to have three or four favorite teams, but uh, this entire season I was just focused on the Bills and Josh Allen was a damn good shot at being uh, the MVP. God, you guys went from a team that was hopeful with a quarterback that was developing nicely to most likely the best team in the NFL with a MVP quarterback. That is excitement for Buffalo. What happens if uh, the Bills go to the uh, Super Bowl and it's been a long time and then they lose another one? Will Buffalo look at that as a successful season still? Oh, you're not talking about the Super Bowl yet? Ixnay in the Super Bowl, eh? I get it there, Sarah. What are they saying in Chictawaga? Sarah, are you from Chictawaga? Or are you a Tonawanda gal? Where are you from up there? I lived on uh, North Allen Street. Right around the corner from all the, uh, all the bars. The Pink Flamingo. You are from Tonawanda. I, I swear to God, that would have been my first guess, for real. But uh, the kid likes to say words weird, if you haven't noticed. And I, I got excited that I could say Chictawaga a few times. I swear I would have said Tonawanda. <laughs> Very nice. I, I lived in Allentown. Or not Allentown. What, uh, what, uh, what was it called? Uh, Allen Street. I lived... Uh, no, I lived on... Uh, oh, my God. I lived uh, off Allen Street on North Pearl. Oh, my God. 
There's a little bodega on the corner where a lot of, uh, I don't know, I would say a lot of drug dealing went on. It was, a, it was a very shady bodega, but that's the only place I could kind of do my shopping. Unless I want to get in my car and defrost that thing for an hour so I could drive it. And, um, man, one day I'm, I'm walking to the, the corner bodega and they're pulling a guy out of one of those um, uh, buildings on North Pearl Street. He was dead. And I believe it was some kind of drug overdose. That was not a fun morning for the kid. The kids started thinking, man, you, you better start making twelve th more than $12,000 a year because this is a scary life. I don't like this. You're a white boy from Long Island. You can't see stuff like this. You'll be scarred for life. And then uh, I would go to Gabriel's Gate on Allen Street for wings. Lots and lots of wings. Flirted with all the waitresses and bartenders over there. So they would put me on the radio station tab. Because like I just mentioned, I made $12,000 a year. I was able to bump that up to $14,000 for a little bit. And uh, the radio station had, a, had, a, had a, um, a tab at Gabriel's Gate. So the kid, you know, he still had his face together. He still uh, had some nice tone to his muscles. Kid looked good, I'm not going to lie to you. So he used his looks to flirt with the waitresses and the bartenders and next thing you know the kid was on uh on the tab basically they said oh, we put it on the tab <laughs> look i i might have had a bag of a buffalo betty or two but you know i had to eat i, <laughs> I had to eat <laughs> and then i would go down to the pink flamingo and now that that the name of that place uh, sounds a little questionable. I'm not gonna lie to you. If you're not from the Buffalo area, not that there's anything wrong with uh, being a little questionable, but it wasn't that at all. It was. Uh, I remember it as being a great, great bar slash. I, I I don't know if you would call it a club. And the kid in the middle of winter would drink a lot of Jägermeister. That was the shot of choice up there. Sarah knows this shit. The old pink, see? You know. You all hear about Hooters is now called Hoots. Somebody got offended about cleavage. Shame. Is that true, Andy? Oh, God. There was something online this morning about how Hollywood is weighing in on, on like, actors that aren't gay playing gay characters. I'm like, what planet are we on? There's a reason it's called acting. You actually take on roles that have nothing to do with you as a person. That was always the challenge of acting. So I guess that's a no-no now. Like, if you're a really good actor or actress, um, you're not allowed to, to uh, take on a transgender role anymore unless you're a transgender. That's where we're at with this horse shit. Acting was... Wasn't it like uh, pretending... Remember? There are people out there old enough to remember that acting was just pretending, right? But now it's like it has to be based on reality? That's just that's just garbage. Cancel culture, Stephen says. Stephen uh, Tauhey. Oh boy, that's a tough uh, last name. T-O-U-H-E-Y. Hollywood life is real to them, Tommy Chesh says. Yeah, that's just stupid, though. 
That's the whole thing about acting. You play a part that's uh, not you. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. We've lost our minds. Bring back the O&A show. <laughs> what fucking year is this? <laughs> Christ. Why don't you go find your old girlfriend and start dating her again? <laughs> what? Oh my goodness. Somebody hasn't been paying attention. Anthony made that uh, impossible, uh, I would say, a few years back. If he, didn't, if he didn't just spend the last, I don't know, six and a half years obsessing about me and beating the shit out of me and dehumanizing me or attempting to dehumanize me, and, uh, and, and, and no, no, it's just not going to happen. Just imagine that girl you went out with many, many, many years ago. Or maybe you're gay, or, or that guy you went out with many, many years ago. And it was good, right? Everything was good, and then you realized, oh, fuck, I gotta move on from this, right? And then you found something better, hopefully. Okay, now you get rid of the I found something better thing. Blow off all that and go back to that, uh, that X. You're waiting for the Opie and Don Geronimo show? I would talk to Don Geronimo from the old Don and Mike show. I don't know if he wants to talk to me. Uh, Becky, thanks for the stars, and Happy New Year to Becky. Um, you know, we competed with Don and Mike. And I, I gotta say, now that I got uh, some perspective, Don and Mike got so fucked by me and Anthony's success. Don and Mike, in their own right, were incredibly successful and incredibly... Um, uh, great in the ratings. They were number one in a lot of the markets they were syndicated to and stuff. Um, but what happened at WNEW, I was pushing for syndication. I was doing that because I had to do all the horseshit behind the scenes. I was pushing for syndication for the Opie and Anthony show. And I was uh, taking all sorts of meetings with the big bosses trying to get it done. And they didn't really see it my way. And then our contract was up, and me and Anthony were number one in New York by a mile, which was just unheard of, because NEW was a shit show outside uh, our radio show. And it was time to negotiate, and I basically said, look, part of uh, negotiations, uh, I want to be syndicated. It's time, you know? Everybody else was starting to get syndicated. This was before satellite radio and, and uh, being able to just pretty much listen to whatever you want on your phone. You got to remember that, kids. And they didn't see it my way, and I said, all right, we're leaving. And I had an offer to go to Q104 and take on Howard Stern, me and Anthony. A, a really big offer, to be honest with you. Huge offer. And they were going to um, syndicate us all over the country and take on Howard. And I think we would have done damn well against Howard. And the company knew that. And they had the option to, to match any deal that we got. So they had a shuffle. I remember going to, um, oh shit, what's the name of the restaurant? It was on uh, 57th and 7th with Ken Stevens. And I'm sitting there. He was our GM. Oh, by the way, yeah, uh, another meeting Ant didn't uh, feel like he needed to go to. And uh, we had all the paperwork in front of us. And we were having dinner. And he's like, okay, look, I could syndicate you to uh, Boston. I think I could get you uh, syndicated in Philly. Washington's a bit problematic because that, that's Donna Mike's, you know, uh, home station and he was trying to finagle this because I just simply showed him the offer we had uh, uh, for Q104 and all the syndicated uh, markets we had and then he was trying to match them at this restaurant as we're trying to eat dinner and then it came to Washington I'm like uh you know long story short to keep us at CBS radio 
and keep us from competing against Howard Stern if we went over to Q104 and did mornings, he had to knock Don and Mike out of their number one afternoon drive show. He had to do that. And, uh, and, and that's where I say Don and Mike absolutely got fucked. And now that I got perspective, I fully understand that. Of course, at the time, I think I'm a rock star and my shit don't stink. And I'm like, fuck those guys, tough shit. But now that I'm a bit older and I, uh, you know, I have a calmer head, I realize now, yeah, they totally got fucked. And CBS Radio tried to make it worth their while by uh, moving them to, I think, middays, which is a shitty, shitty shift for radio shows. But... They gave Don and Mike uh, syndication as well, and one of those stations being NEW uh, New York right before us. And then there was bad blood, obviously, because we we technically took the, not technically we took their their shift down in Washington, and uh, so then there was a huge radio war, and the company hated it, but it was great for the fans. They loved the back and forth shit that was going on, and then. Um, I remember uh, getting the, the, the call that uh, Don's wife died in a horrific car accident. And I remember, you can find the audio, uh, somebody, I think somebody called or we got the info. And everyone was excited like, oh my God, here we go. Here's some great fodder for the radio war. And I remember famously saying, war over. Because that's real life shit. I'm like, no thank you, I am fucking done. And I remember that day moving forward, I can't speak for the rest of the guys because I'm not I don't know for, for sure. But I remember in my mind I was completely done with the Don and Mike uh, radio war. Completely. Uh, you know, Don's a very, very talented uh, broadcaster. I don't know what he's really up to these days, but uh, that's how the story goes. Q one oh four wanted us bad and CBS radio was like, holy shit. And it was the only way the only reason we got syndicated. Because they had to match that damn offer. So there's a little inside baseball for you. Uh, Brian Parnas says, good man. I, yeah, I don't. I, I'm a better man. You know, you, you live long enough. You try, to, you try to grow from your past. I don't know how much of that stuff I would do now if I went back in time. I don't regret anything. You can't regret anything because at that time, that's who you were can't really have regrets but you gotta be able to uh look at yourself look at the past see where you need improvement see where you could grow and move on that way uh but i don't really regret anything i ever did on the radio i don't think maybe a couple things i wish i didn't do but uh i can't regret it i was i was that person back then oh my god the republican party is a complete uh mess Time for the Republican Party to regroup. The Trump experiment did not really work. Uh, I, for one, was hoping it was going to work. Because I was sick of the same old, same old down there in Washington. They say. You think Trump's going to squat? Uh, I, he ain't leaving. <laughs> he's not going to leave. It's going to be very, very awkward in uh, a couple weeks. But I kind of wanted the Trump experiment to... To work because I, I I hate the same old same old down there in Washington and uh, I was I think I was on the Trump train uh, in the beginning and I'm not a Republican I'm not a Democrat I kind of I guess I blow I, I blow with the wind I don't know 
I sure want to keep more of my money, so I, I should be a Republican, right? When Trump did the show, was he cool? I thought he was uh, really, really entertaining and really, really cool. He really knows how to uh, stroke people's ego, egos. He uh, makes you feel like you're the greatest thing ever. So he was kissing our ass, basically talking about our ratings and stuff. And that certainly uh, spoke to me and Anthony back in the day. Uh, but I've said it many times. And then we would hang up with the guy and we would kind of laugh at him. How full of shit he was but he's good at playing the game man he's he's damn good at playing the game and he doesn't give a fuck if he ruins people's lives doing it whatever it takes to to stroke his own ego and and keep that power going biden will fix it i don't think so i think because of trump we have to go back to old white guy and i know trump was old white guy but he was old white guy with a very unique personality a a uh, i don't give a shit about anybody personality and um, i think our country has a way of balancing itself out i think because we had a obama presidency that led to the trump we like to like uh, take that pendulum and swing it all the way the other way uh Ant says he's moving to Texas. Okay. Uh, all right, John Doe. Uh, uh, I, I, have, <laughs> I have no opinion on that. Ant's not part of my life anymore. We did a highly successful radio show together, but uh, he's not part of my life. I wish him luck, I guess. Yes, the pendulum, Shane Johnson. So I think because of the Obama presidency, that led to uh, a Trump presidency. And then Trump was so, uh, I don't know. What's the word I'm looking for? I'll let you I'll let you finish that sentence. Trump was so Trump was so what that it led us back to Joe Biden, a safe choice, old man in the White House choice, old white guy to try to calm everything fucking down. I think the next president is going to be something very very different. Uh, oh, you're filling in the Trump thing? Trump is incompetent, inexperienced, and a narcissist. Uh, from my pal, Cynthia Caton. What's up, Cynthia? How are you, buddy? Buddy, you're you're a chick. But anyway, masks with uh, Judd Jones. This is what I said. I said, uh, you know, I used to... Uh, I gotta whisper this. I used to make fun of the Asians and their masks. But I gotta tell you, I told Judd Jones uh, yesterday... Um, I'm a huge believer in masks. I believe that it kept the numbers uh, down, believe it or not, even though these numbers are out of control and we're losing, what, 3,000 people a, a day. If you're one to believe the numbers, and I am, I mean, I think they possibly could be underreporting the numbers, um, but whatever, whatever. Believe what you have to believe, but I'll tell you this much. I told Judd Jones when this is all said and done, when I don't have to look good, you know, you go to a restaurant or a bar or uh, where else? Uh, that's pretty much it, I guess. Maybe a sporting event. Um, you know, you want to look kind of cool, so I, I wouldn't wear a mask. Everywhere else, though, when I'm doing just who gives a shit things, day-to-day -day things like going shopping and walking around and stuff, I'm here to say that I will continue wearing a mask because... Uh, I, I'm sure I'm going to jinx it now, but uh, I haven't been sick in a year. That's like a new record for me because I was always catching a cold or the flu or something. I, I've barely sneezed in the last year.
and and I contribute that to uh, uh, washing my hands. I don't think I was a good hand washer. I would shit and pee and then just walk out of the bathroom. I didn't give two shits. Touching everything on the way in on and on the way out. And I didn't care where I pooed. I would poo in the uh, Port Authority bathroom if I had to. If I was in that area and I had to go. I didn't give two shits. And I didn't fucking um, make a nest on the toilet. I just sat down. Feeling uh, the warmness of the fucking asshole that was in the stall before me i was that type of guy not washing my hands touching everything and then you know the kid got a little paranoid with the uh, the pandemic started wearing a mask started uh, washing his hands a lot and using hand sanitizer and look at that haven't been sick in a fucking year so when this is all said and done not only do i believe in masks i'm going to continue wearing a mask uh when i'm just doing who gives a shit things uh, around New York City. Yeah, 10 years ago, you would laugh at all the people wearing masks. Um, yeah, that's what I was going to say. The Asians had it all figured out a long time ago. We should have listened to them. Instead, we would see uh, an Asian woman or man walking around New York City with a mask on, and we would kind of, eh, I'm not going to lie to you, we would mock. They understand this crap. Uh, Chuck Glenn, you got your first shot of the vaccination? Damn, bro, you become a superhuman. They should give you, like, uh... <laughs> I was going to say a tattoo. What are you, insane? <laughs> That's right. You should get a little tattoo if you uh, get vaccinated for the coronavirus. And then you become, like, a superhuman. You can do whatever the fuck you want, man. I'm trying to figure out how I uh, can get to the front of the line. I think we're all doing that. I think we're all doing our wheeling and dealing, trying to figure out how do we get to the front of the line. And become the next superhuman with the rest of ya. I want that vaccination badly. Although uh, I'm okay with waiting a little bit. Because I, I, I think we're safe out here. Not as many people. Give it another month or two. But then again, um, I don't know. They've, they've vaccinated a, a few million people at this point in uh, America. And um, so far so good. No one's dropping dead. No one's growing hair. Body parts aren't popping up. Extra ones. Uh, why do you think they, China, had the virus wrapped up in what? Hold on, I missed out. Uh, in seven or eight months, tops. The one-year anniversary of the first Wuhan case things are back to fucking normal, normal in parentheses. I think, uh, I think because they don't put up with any shit, they basically said, you're staying home, and if you don't, we're going to chop your head off. Uh... And then in America, you know, we're the complete opposite. You ain't taking my freedom. Try saying that in China. The last word you'll say on earth is freedom. They might have cleaned up uh, the pandemic all nice in China, but uh, the rest of their living conditions are, uh, are not that great. Come down south to Atlanta. It's just like New York, Graham Crawford. Oh, you're from Atlanta, Graham Crawford? I didn't know that. Good old Atlanta, Georgia. Good old Georgia, where they hide votes, right? <laughs> Move to China, same thing as a Biden-ran country. Really? Do you think anything dramatically is going to change? Get the fuck out of here. Weren't cities and, and neighborhoods supposed to burn down after he won the presidency? 
Didn't you and Aunt almost do radio in Atlanta? Oh, God, I've told those stories over the years. Uh, my agent at the time, who's no longer with us, God bless super agent Bob Eatman, um, I think he was in, in, um, in the pocket of a big uh, broadcasting company. I forgot which one. I think they ended up becoming Clear Channel. Maybe they were Clear Channel at the time. And I think he was telling the the big wigs over there that he could deliver Opie and Anthony in, uh, in Georgia, in Atlanta, Georgia. Because when we got fired from Boston, we had three opportunities. We had two opportunities in New York at two radio stations, WNEW and K-Rock. We wanted to go to K-Rock and Howard uh, put the kibosh on it because only Howard could be uh, successful and talked about. He didn't want another show on his channel that maybe people would talk about. Um, but we did pick K-Rock over WNEW, and our agent thought we were making a mistake, and we should have went to Atlanta, Georgia to do mornings. And I'm like, you're crazy, Bob. Me and Anthony both from the New York area. Why would we, uh, uh, you know, uh, not take that opportunity? Why would we go somewhere else? We had two, two radio stations in New York that wanted us. But we went down there, and they wined and dined us uh, twice. I think um, I think they flew us down again after we said no to really try to get us, and I, I I didn't get it. I thought Atlanta was pretty cool, or the suburbs anyway. Um, it was pretty cool being in a, being in an elevator with the Dalai Lama. True story at the Ritz Carlton. Get on the elevator, and there's the goddamn Dalai Lama. And you're not supposed to look him in the eye, supposedly. Guess what? The kid looked him in the eye. And I might have said, hello, Dolly. <laughs> That's so hack, but I did. <laughs> I cracked myself up. Oh, I know that's not a great line, but it actually happened. I'm like, when's the next time I'll be able to say hello, Dolly, to the Dalai Lama? Are you kidding me? You got to take that shot. Oh, wow. I'll take this question on, you son of a bitch. Uh, Dahomey Blair. Hey, Ope, did it bother you when Louie blew up after his show and then would do Howard first, then you guys? I don't know. It always bothered me. 100% that bothered me. And stupid Amy Schumer did the same horse shit. No one was booking Amy Schumer. Amy Schumer became so big. She's pretty much... Oh, and she became popular. Damn, I missed my opportunity. You can't, uh, you can't uh, stutter step. You got to just go for that line. But Amy Schumer became um, extremely successful and extremely famous. Uh, pretty much an A-lister now. But when she was doing the Opie and Anthony show, she was just Jim Norton's opener. No one gave a shit about Amy Schumer. She was good on the radio, but she wasn't great. And we put in the time and gave her a platform. And then she gets, like, uh, you know, popular and famous. And then she fucking started doing Howard's show. And then maybe our show. And then it got to a point where she just did Howard's show. I'm like, these people are just fucking terrible. Terrible fucking people. And the same with Louie. Yes, Louie did that shit. And, you know, I'm not going to lie to you. At that, uh, at that point in our careers, I think the Opie and Anthony show was uh, going backwards at that point. We weren't becoming more famous. I think we were losing um, market share at that point. So someone like Louis C.K., you know, we were there for him. He wasn't a huge name when he first started doing our show. 
and then he becomes massively huge, and he did right by us. He put his he put his uh, on his TV show and stuff. So, but I'm answering the question. Yeah, that really did bother me when he would uh, we, he would go on Howard's show, and then ours, and a lot of times he just went on Howard's show. And I remember I would be like, this is fucking bullshit. And everyone's like, uh, you know, trying to calm me down like it was normal. I'm like, this isn't fucking normal. Opie, why do you give mixed signals? I don't know what that means, uh, Jack Plowski. I don't know what that means. Howard probably demanded it. Well, it was told to us that certain people were told, uh, you know, if you do the Opie and Anthony show, you can't uh, do Howard Stern anymore. I, I believe the person that told me that. I mean, half the time you say the show's over, half the time you talk about it. It's part of my history, you dummy! Oh, is that what you're talking about with mixed signals? I do a podcast, right? I think I got 340 episodes. Uh, I only touch on my my time with the Opie and Anthony show. I try to like remember it uh, fondly, and I try to tell some stories when when they come up here and there. But in general, I don't really uh, focus on the ONA world. And I do a lot of live streams. The people that are with me every day, uh, mostly on Facebook in the morning, I don't do the live stream on YouTube a lot. They will also back me up and say that I don't really focus on the Opie and Anthony world. But when it makes sense and I, I could tell an old story or something, so be it, that's what I do. Uh, do I hold a grudge? I don't hold a grudge. No, I don't. I'm not, I, I don't. I don't like a bunch of the people that I uh, I used to work with, um, but I don't I, I don't hold a grudge. I, I have uh, more or less moved on with my life. It, it's going to be hard to completely move on with my life career-wise because everybody wants to talk about Opie and Anthony every single day. I think a lot of bullshit happened, brother man, brother man, brother man. I think a lot of bullshit happened. Learned a lot of stuff after that show broke up. Wait, I gotta read this comment because this is this is the shit I gotta deal with. I literally have a, a whole new life with a whole bunch of uh, you know uh, good people around me and friends and people I like doing the podcast with, and uh, we barely even think about Opie and Anthony when we do the podcast. And this guy Jack Plowski goes, a lot of people are open-minded to whatever happened, but you refuse to talk about it. That's the problem. Even if folks want to be on your side, how can we if you won't say what he did? Uh, I've I've said I've said what Anthony has done. I've said what Sam did. I said what Jimmy has done. See, that means you don't even listen to my podcast because when it does come up, I, I have openly talked about things. I don't need you, brother. I honestly don't need you. I mean, you're obsessed with me because you saw that I was doing a live stream on YouTube and you had to check it out, right? But I don't need you. I got a nice little um, uh, podcast, a nice little following. I've admitted it many, many times. I, I, I don't think I'll uh, ever be as famous as I was during the Opie and Anthony years. And I don't think I'll ever make anywhere as near the money I used to make. And I'm completely fine with that. I'm happy. I get to spend time with my kids and do the right thing as a father, or at least try. I uh, I podcast with good people um, that respect me and appreciate me and laugh at my shit. And it seems like uh, I have an audience that, that digs all of that. The problem is you, Jack. The problem is you. You got something in your mind you want to happen, and I don't know if that's ever going to uh, happen for you. Why would you scream, hold on, hold on? I, 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 is that what? <laughs> Ace Howard. 
I guess I would scream, hold on, hold on, because I was, I think I had something that was uh, important to the show. Are you obsessed with uh, the fact that I, I, I yelled, hold on, hold on? Is that my whole career, I guess? That uh, that's all I contributed to a radio show, yelling, hold on, hold on. As you could go on YouTube and find hundreds and hundreds of hours of, uh, of me fucking crushing it on the radio. But maybe focus on one of my, uh, my crutches. I guess I taught you well, my brother. I taught you well. Oh, sorry, Jack. God damn it. Jack's here as a fan. I'm sorry. I mean, I literally, uh, you know, there are literally people that try to uh, bring up this shit every single day. And uh, I do my best to not not talk about it. I, Jack wrote, I'm sorry if I sounded harsh. I'm really excited about the opportunity to talk with you. All right, that's cool. I apologize. I came in a little hot. Came in a little hot. Ace Howard, take it easy. not saying it was your only contribution. No worries, Ace Howard. I know people try to hit me with that. I'm not stupid. I see I see the haters. The fact is, I, you know, there were times I guess I would be really, really frustrated because, you know, there was stuff happening in the in the studio that I thought was not as good as what I possibly had to offer, whether it was trying to get their attention for a phone call or a guest that wanted to come in or or, or what have you. And honestly, I've said it. It was a tough spot to be in, to like kind of be the point guard in there. And there were times like I stopped conversations and it was for the best. And there was definitely a lot of times I stopped conversations and I probably shouldn't have. Uh, I did not like that position I was in that I had to kind of control the action. I fucking hated it. If you listen to my podcast, you'll you'll hear uh, a much realer version of me because I'm just like, I'm just a silly doofus. I just like to have fucking fun, but I was put in a position where I had to be the boss and had to like control the action stuff. I fucking, it fucking blew at times, man. I'm not stupid. Sometimes I fucked up the action and other times I know damn well I, uh, I, I uh, control the action in a very, very good way. And I would say, uh, if I have to defend myself today, I, I believe in um, way more cases uh, my decision-making on that radio show is for the best, 100%. But if you're a hater, you can focus on the hold on, hold on, and me interrupting crap all you want, I guess. But that's, uh, that's an honest uh, answer to that question. Love how Anthony complained about you negotiating your contracts. Uh, but then he benefited from it. Ha. Dude, I, by holding out, I made that goddamn show way more fucking money. And I know Anthony spun it and it's fucking bullshit. I remember one contract where I refused to sign for an extra week. And I ended up making an extra $500,000 for both of us. So he could go fuck himself. He wasn't doing that negotiating. It was it was Bob, our agent, and, and uh, Bob on the phone with me constantly. Yes, five hundred thousand. And guess what? We were way under fucking paid. And Anthony was more than willing a lot of times just to sign the contract because I think he was paranoid that this uh, cushy gig that we had was going to go away. And I'm like, no, man, they don't have another show like us. So sit fucking tight. And there's actually a time he actually cost me money because I was holding out. And uh, 
And I, I talked to, uh, I talked to Ant about the contract. He goes, I don't know what you're doing. I signed, I signed the contract last night. I went, holy fuck. And I just watched all my leverage go away. And then, uh, the company came to me right before the show. Officially, I wasn't, um, I, I, I wasn't signed and I wasn't, uh, uh, with Sirius XM. And they said, look, if you don't sign this contract, um, you know, you have to go home. And I looked at Anthony. He goes, I, you know, I signed last night. I'm like, holy fuck, dude! If we held out, we would have made goddamn more money. That's that's where I sit with that shit. And I'll never forget it. Uh, what the hell was that guy's name? Oh, I love that. I forgot their stupid name. Oh, Andrew Moss. So Andrew Moss comes in to the Sirius XM studio about a half hour before we're supposed to go on air with a goddamn contract and a pen. And I'm like. Fuck, I have no choice. I got to sign this goddamn thing, right? And I knew if we waited another week, I probably could have squeezed out, I'm seriously, probably another $100,000. And uh, so I signed the contract and I threw it at him. It fell on the floor, the pen and the contract. This is how you, you sign a new contract with SiriusXM at the time. He bent down, picked up the contract and the pen and ran out of the studio to file it away. And I looked at everyone in the studio like, there you go. That proves my fucking point. That proves my fucking point. They were scared we weren't going to goddamn sign that thing. All right. My hand is freezing. I'm getting more sniffly, even though I just said I haven't been sick in over a year because I, I, uh, I, I, uh, I believe in the mask thing. Subscribe to OP Radio wherever you get your podcasts. I would really, really appreciate that. If not, I get it. No worries. We're good. And uh, to the people I went after a little bit, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a bit gun shy, and I uh, I came in a little hot. A little hot. But as long as, you know, if you ask those type of questions, as long as you want to hear the real answer, that's cool. But it's been my experience. No one wants to hear the real answers. They just want to continue the hate no matter what. And, uh, you know, I guess I was assuming that it was just a hater just trying to get under my skin. But it, it turned out that it, it sounded like you had a real question and you wanted a real answer to it. And I hope or I, I, ho- I hope I answered that for you. All right, guys. Peace. Boo-boo-boo-boo-boo-boo. <laughs> 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 <laughs>